0: I think we're starting. I'm going to pray real quick, get my levels right, and um, hopefully, some people jump in here. So, in the name of Jesus, I pray that everything I share, Lord, be edifying to the body. I pray that you quicken me, allow me to be of service to impart any sort of wisdom that would be necessary for this time and season that we're in, Lord, to pray for uh, people to be blessed, and um, I pray over the technology, pray that Lord, you would bless it, um, allow everything to come through, just as you would intended to, Lord. Pray in the mighty name of Yeshua Mashiach know. Well, thank you, Holy Spirit. Alright. Turn the music down just a little bit in my ears. Alright. Of things to come. I don't know what way I got this idea. Um I tend to find that a lot of um, the ideas I have are inspired by God um, and um, they speak to me personally. So typically, um, if I'm sharing something, it's going to be something that He's speaking to me. And it might seem as if there's a long time between posts or video casts, whatever you want to call these things, podcasts, um, it's because he's working something in me or he's having me chew on something, you know, or I am just busy. Um praise be to God. We had some really awesome stuff going on for us in the month of December and January for what we do, so that was um that was a big blessing. It was all hands on deck. Um and it was fun. It was it was a good bonding experience for all people involved, Lord. Um, and also I had some interesting, um, I've been having some interesting dreams lately. The last dream I had involved in my daughter and I, and I'm sure there was more to it, but <clears throat> the sense I had was that as I was speaking, or as even my daughter, who was only six, as she was speaking, there was truth coming forth, there was scriptures coming off into the air and they were coming out of us like vapors, you know, and they would create these, you know, I remember seeing Deuteronomy, can't remember what exact verse it was, but I remember seeing that. Um, and even today, I'm reminded, I do not know where to put this in there, but I, I learned today that the book of Deuteronomy was actually written uh, within the last week, if not the last day of Moses' life. Um, Maybe 10% of it was finished up by Joshua. But the scribes wrote down what he said, that um, it looks like it is a mirror of Numbers and Exodus and Genesis because a lot of what Moses wanted to reiterate to his people, he wanted them to remember as they went into the Promised Land. And that's sort of how I, I take um, a lot of the words that have been coming from prophetic companies of people, from people, um, pastors, preachers, evangelists, they're not new words, okay? Um, and just like the book of Deuteronomy, you have Moses uh, sharing what the Lord had given him uh, on the mountain, in dreams, and vision, whatever it might be. And the book of Deuteronomy, it actually means repeat again, or to repeat it again. And that's what it ends up being, it's a re- uh, it's a repetitive uh, response to the people of God right before they're about to go into the Promised Land, right before they see the culmination of uh, 40 years in the desert, the culmination of learning what it means to be free, learning what it means to be a, a people of God that are set aside just for God. Um, what the people had been freed from, in that point in that point in time, that season, was years of uh, idolatry, years of being subjected to um, the oppression of world power. They were subjected to uh, moralities which had nothing to do with godliness. They were subjected to. Um, lifestyles of opulence, which uh, in general, if you think about Babylon and Egypt and a lot of our world empires, they like to throw these things in the face of God. They like to say to God, we don't need you. Um, We're not your people, we will not be held back. And that goes back to the Tower of Babel. And when you see the Tower of Babel, you see the construction of this huge thing, and you see the the creation of a man-made portal, what their attempt was to, you know, it says scripturally, to make a name um, for themselves and the stars, like God, or to be like God, right? So the delineation, the continuing story of of humanity is whether or not they'll be ruled by the love of the Lord, whether or not they'll be guided by law and order which uh, predates their own existence, or will they take it upon themselves to create a structure which excludes God, puts Him on the sidelines. And essentially says, we've got this. We understand what we want. We understand what we as humans need. Our own desires, our own passions. Those words come up in many ways. And there will be a couple scriptures which I'll read. But ultimately, this is the time that I see us in as we're repeating words. The people that are called to pour forth truth, to pour it out on the earth in this time, this age. It's to say look at what's happened to us before, look at what's transpired, look at the events, look at the evidence, you know, look at what man has done in this time span. For at least 2,000 years we've been away from a period of time known as the entrance of the age of Pisces, the church age. Um, we've been moving away from that or rather. And so whenever there's a, uh, an entrance of something, you're only moving away from that season. And once it begins, um, it's a timeline for, of you know, things to come. And so as I even speak here now, um, um sharing revelation understanding of uh, some things that are to come some things will repeat history repeats itself but i also believe the lord is doing a new thing and he's showing his people that because there's a new thing coming there's a new operation there's a new uh, way of moving in the kingdom there was a permittance, up to a certain point in time for people to move a certain way because I believe the Lord wanted uh, his people to see the difference to draw parallels to the systems that were four walls, four high walls uh, walled structures that keep people out, create their own culture and uh, even to some extent keep the Holy Spirit out. Um, That's not across the board. But the church, in my opinion, has taken on the motif of the Western world, which which is a throwback to Babylon, and a throwback to Egypt, and a throwback to um what was before which was like i said again i'll repeat it is looking at god and saying we don't need you and it's fair enough i think the people of god have been misled i think the the theology has been off i think the understanding of who god is is um it's misaligned with the Word of God, and we don't have any understanding. We have some understanding, but we have no understanding of really what it is we've been supposed to be uh, doing here. If that's a good way to put it, what I say by what I mean by that is, you you look at our churches, and the drive is to fill the seats. You know, because then, if you fill the seats, then you get the numbers up. If you get the numbers up, then you get the tithe up. And if you get the tithe up, then there's more fluidity to do things, to do kingdom activities. And I understand that buildings (laughs) take money to run. But I think somewhere in there has crept in the idea of understanding that It's a business. It's its own entity. The church is its own entity. Um, You have some networks of churches, but we don't have, quote-unquote, a global church that operates as one unit. There are Methodists, Baptists, Lutherans, Episcopalians, Catholics. Uh, You have non-denominational. You have evangelists. You have Pentecostals. You have Charismatics. um, All with great expressions of worship at certain points in time. But embedded in the foundation of the system is the understanding that we have to prosper under our own hand. That there are things for us to do here that are not first guided by the kingdom all right as i started to look at these things um i started i was reading um this is dr stephen quail and he writes this and there's another thing that i'll probably go to a little bit on later on but um He's a guy, you know, check out his website, interesting guy, talks about Nephilim, talks about giants, talks about uh, New World Order, talks about things that are happening now that are tied to um, pre-Adamic situations, pre-Adamic civilizations. He says, there's a correlation between the new sexual revolution being forced upon us worldwide today, the waning of the influence of Christianity in the Northern Hemisphere, an expansion of all occult groups within our society. He says, truly the days of Noah are unfolding before our very eyes. The reason that this stuck out to me was, if you think about it, and it was a weird thought I had, and I think this is what actually kicked off the whole thought process of things to come. But when you think about all the things that are in this earth that are not um, supposed to be permitted, Right, the things that go against God. If there were people just like the Israelites, um, if we were occupying the spaces, if we were occupying the land, would there be a space for other things to coexist? I think there would be less of an opportunity for those things to coexist. And even as I think about it you know I haven't had a chance to fully flesh it out but if the church did its job I mean truly did its job and operated in signs and wonders and operated in healing and operated in allowing people to be brought into a place of healing not just to brought into um, a holding pattern if that makes any sense then people would see other people thriving not just being saved for you know the purpose of you know, helping the cause of the one local church but being given a new lease on life, given a purpose, given a calling uh, given power and authority to change the spaces they go out into. The model looks more like you get changed and saved and you go to church to maintain your savedness, if that makes any sense. But all the while we've been doing that, we haven't been amassing the actual power of the kingdom. We haven't been practicing things. We haven't been learning things. There hasn't been any great model of even doing church, even the best pastors, even the best uh, most dynamic, motivated, creative, um, you know, God inspired ones they still fall short, not because of God, but because of the systems that we're playing with, the systems that we're playing into. From the get-go, you look at the formation of the church, and you see that there was a mixing and a matching, a mixing and a matching, right? So essentially, if we play by the rules, we die by the rules, right? When the kingdom of heaven was here or when jesus said the kingdom of heaven is here he was basically saying that all bets are off all things are off of the table now meaning um i don't even know if i said that idiom right but things are changing the things that were in play are gone the way that you looked at the rules even the way that you looked at the law even was created uh, the systems were created in such a way to make the laws fit man and so it wasn't the law that the Lord came to abolish he came to fulfill it he came to fulfill it saying look I am the actual way okay I am the truth okay if you actually come by me or come to me or come through me the law will be Actually, fulfilled in your life, and so many other things will come to pass if you would only take up my way. This is what Jesus Christ is saying in any system, whether it's Christianity, whether you know whether it's the freedom of Christianity, the grace of Christianity, if it's not uh, attuned to the love of God, if it's not attuned to the principles of heaven, the fruit of it is still going to be lacking for what this world needs now. And so what this world needs, obviously, are eyes to see and ears to hear. I don't think that every person that's here on this earth is going to be called into doing rescue missions for uh, sex slaves, for instance, people in other countries or even in America, right, with the, um, the whole industry that's that's going on not everybody is called to evangelism right there are i believe some billy grahams out there that will come into the forefront there are some people of the lord that will be thrust into the spotlight that'll be god's prerogative and there'll be people that are humble and there'll be people that are, are voracious and hungry for the presence of god and there'll be people that want to see him be preeminent. They will be like Elijah's, who will look at 250 or 500 prophets of Baal and and say, who's your God again? Because my God is the God of the universe. My God is the God who actually created your your gods, which are demigods, which are fallen angels. I know what you're actually doing, and this bewitchment over my people ends now. So I'm going to put this altar down, I'm going to tell you to wet it three times or I don't know how many times over and then God's going to light this sucker on fire and you're going to watch it burn and you're going to be reminded, okay, here's it again, it's being a repeating you're going to, the word of the Lord is going to be repeated before you by way of signs and wonders, you're going to see that the Lord still moves. The Lord is powerful still, and he's more powerful than all these things. And if you would only give yourself over to him and only to him, you would have something that the world cannot touch or match, right? Every time the people of promise, Israelites, Christians, whoever, They enter into seasons through illegitimate means and designs. The fruit is never of the spear. What ends up happening is people create new rules on their own designs. And the promises get tainted. So even if something happens where it seems to be the truth. Or it seems to be a success. um, I take the megachurch for instance. It looks like success on... The back end or the front end of things. But, you know, um, I was looking at just yesterday, um, I think his name is James McDonald, and I don't know the guy. Um, the guy, I've heard him speak a couple times on some Christian um, network type shows. Um, I'm sure he's earnest about his faith, um, but he had to step down. There were some things that he did where, he was angry and ill-tempered, and he belittled people, and um, he didn't operate as a pastor or apostle should. And out of that church, it's interesting that his same church, there was a worship leader who got into some stuff with his sin, uh, fleshly sin. And then he left that church after 20 or so years, goes to another church. And he's married at this point, 20 years later. I don't know how long the gap was between that church where James McDonald was at, but he goes to another church, and he messes up in an even worse way. The guy's married. So what that kind of boggled my mind, you know, I could kind of think, okay, along the lines of where your soil is, that's the type of nutrients you're going to get. That's the type of um things that are going to be sown into you, right? If you're in uneven soil, if you're in mixed soil, if you're in soil that is not being watered by the Lord, eventually there will be some overripening. There will be some, um, some malnutritioned uh, types of fruit coming out of those places. And, um, you know, my wife's grandmother always says, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Um, what you put in is what you get out and i think the problem obviously wasn't james mcdonald Uh, i mean obviously he makes his own decisions but i think a lot of the problem comes in with the expectation of what a church is supposed to look like what it's supposed to do and even what the church thinks they're supposed to do meaning the body of believers the elders the board members whatever it might be even the pastor head pastor, associate pastor, youth pastor, they all get together, The worship pastor, they get together and they talk about what the Lord's put on their hearts. And a lot of it, I'm pretty sure, is pretty good, but everything has the lens of what is it that we're going to do this year that will create, um, I don't want to use the word spectacle, but what what will, you know, transpire here that will keep people coming back or What's something that we can change to make sure that we keep things fresh, you know? And it's like, you know, everything about those conversations, it just seems wrong. But it's the only thing we know. And um, I, I think it's a slowly changing paradigm that we will see because I believe people will come into leadership positions, some of them overnight, because of the fact that people have to step down and abdicate their responsibility uh, in a public fashion, you know. The truth of the matter is that times and seasons were designed for us people and not the other way around. And that within those contexts of God-ordained, God-breathed situations, God works things out In those moments for those people so the promise will come to pass but more importantly the characterization of you know that pastor leader worship leader whatever it might be those characters and those people is most important to God or is most is what's most important rather so that his people can be changed by him informed and uh, engineered in such a way to where they can actually combat the things that are coming for the body of believers, coming for the people, the humanity. These things are needing to be repeated because we forget so quickly where we've come from. We forget so quickly what we're here for. What continuously happens is that the people of God take promises and prophetic words and match them to their own understanding and logic. Because God told us to birth something, or something, but go about birthing it either prematurely or without the right spirit. The spirit of fear and anxiety take over instead of the spirit of love, which has no bounds. So even in my own life, I can see moments where I heard a word, had a godly desire, but I took a path that seemed most right in my own eyes. The heart of God wasn't in it, But it was more of the law of God and how do I make this work so that I feel as if I'm doing the right thing, as if I'm moving in the right direction, right? Now obviously we can sense in many ways spiritually and physically emotionally, but I do believe that um, there's a responsibility that the believer has um, to understand God's will for their life so that we don't see everything we're doing from the perspective of expectations, from the perspective of what we think success looks like, and most importantly, we keep ourselves from the snares of the enemy because the enemy understands the word just as well as we do, or even better. And he's been studying us, and he's been understanding that if you provide people with a way to have eternal life, with a way to have power, with a way to feel as if everything's okay, and they'll never have to walk in the wilderness again, then people will take that. It's been my wilderness experiences which have brought me the most blessing, even though there were some of them were self-inflicted. You know, my own folly and youth, there's been some interesting moments that have come from those things that I wouldn't have gotten any other way. And, you know, so I say with sincerity and humility, I say, um, the wilderness period is what allows his people to see his goodness, but also to understand his purpose and his heart for them. Without seeing these things, without having that substance, everything becomes routine. And then after things become routine, um, they become manageable and uh, clearly controllable in our own eyes. When they match our own understanding and logic, it can create some problems, right? And we start answering to fear and anxiety when things don't look right. If God gives us a promise and we see Him moving and we're just listening to Him and everything we're doing is, is by his, his Word and something happens... We don't second-guess ourselves. We just say, you know what? God has something going on. doesn't make sense to me, but this is His plan, and I'm going to trust it to the best of my ability. When things are constructed as we see fit, we are where the buck stops. God is outside of time and space. Everything that's created is His, and everything that's created is in Him. That means that every trial, everything that we move into, every season of victory, every time of rebuke and repentance, there is an operation of grace, a grace understanding to to say essentially, I need God. I need God in my life. I don't have all the answers. And that's a beautiful thing because in the beginning Adam walked with God in the cool of the day in the garden. And there was no pride involved. It was just a pursuit of relationship. And that's what all that's all that God wants from his people. It's just the pursuit of relationship. If there was one thing I could share with anybody at any point in time, is that just God loves you and He wants relationship with you. And you don't have to be afraid to be. Um, ashamed. You don't have to be afraid of um, just falling on your own. If God has you, if God can be for you and who can be against you. Reading from Judges 21 15, it says the people grieve for Benjamin because the Lord had made a gap in the tribes of Israel. The elders of the assembly said, with the women of Benjamin destroyed, how shall we provide wives for the men who are left? The Benjamin survivors must have heirs, they said, so that a tribe of Israel will not be wiped out. We can't give them our daughters daughters, and, uh, as wives since we Israelites have taken this oath. Cursed should be anyone. Oh, look. Thank you. need to go to seminary to, I turn my camera back on, we'll see how long this, I I charge my battery up, all right, so we'll see what happens, apologize for not being on for the last hour, but hey, this is what it is, I didn't charge my battery, sorry, all right, I'm going to pray after this, okay, so we're going to wrap this up, this is, I didn't know this was going to be so long, and I honestly, I didn't get to a lot of my notes right, um, (laughs) Some pastors prepare the notes. Some pastors prepare themselves, right? So I try to prepare myself more than anything. It's a thought that I have right now that we're drawing conclusions, right? The level of power their cult has now and the amount of religion that's been allowed in our body of believers, there's a correlation there, all right? The less that we subscribe to Religious paradigms of what it is we're even doing in church. What are we doing there? You know, like we have been so uh, equipped as a generation. We know everything there is to know about the Bible just about, right? And if we don't know, we can go on Wikipedia, right? So it's like we're going to school over and over again, getting the same knowledge. Most of the time, even when we dive into the scriptures, I'm talking about it with my wife the other night. You think about it. It's the epistles. It's the Pauline epistles. We hardly touch Revelation. And if we do, the people look at the past as if they're crazy, you know? And then sometimes if we do, we go into the rapture, pre-trib, tribulate, all that stuff, right? Left Behind, Kirk Cameron. Gotta love it, right? I loved it. It was a good movie. But it messed up my paradigm. It, it had me thinking, okay, well, why doesn't God just take us now? And why do we have to sit through all this other stuff, right? The understanding though we have is a real, a realer understanding is stuff is going on now. People are being persecuted now, right? The power structures that are at, that are at play right now are controlling everything, right? So it's not all uh, rainbows and sunshine, you know, for a lot of people. All right. We have no real power or authority as a collective group with everything we see comes down to weights and measures, right? Which are mixed between the kingdom of heaven and the realms of this earth. So everything is balanced and weighted, right? We're not totally in one camp or the other because we're getting these mixed messages from power structures, seminaries. The pastors are learning how to run a business. The pastors are learning how to uh, form up teams and do conflict resolution, which is all great, but everything is geared towards keeping a structure in place. Nothing is geared towards, most churches don't say to themselves, I am I want to build up the next Billy Graham. I want to build up the next, uh, I'm not going to say his name because he might be in some hot water now, but, you know, I want to, I want to create a company of men and women that, uh, will be, uh, uh, you know, have the heart of, of God in everything they do, their families, their jobs, you know, they're not here to collect a paycheck. They're not here because it looks like the next best, uh, uh type of, um, uh, a job, you know, that's not what it is, right? People are going into the ministry. Now, a lot of people are going because they want to reform the church. All right, that's why I'm finishing seminary. I don't know what God wants to do in it and through it, but what I do know is that something has to change because people are not learning that they are uh restorers. They're activators. They're activated themselves to do mighty and wondrous things that every system needs uh people going in uh, uh like a Moses and a Daniel, right? You know that they learned those systems to a team. Moses was taught everything um, that was right for a king or a prince to know. He learned all the secrets of Egypt. right? It's a little line. It's one scripture, but it's there. And it lets me know, just like Daniel. Daniel was a chief astrologer in Babylon. So I, that means he knew everything about the mathematics of the skies. Everything they were doing with their idolatry, but everything they're also doing with mapping out the seasons, right? Everything was mapped out by the stars, the time, agricultural seasons, everything. You had to know all that stuff, all right? So they knew what was going on in the times. They knew what was happening on the earth. They knew what was happening underground uh, DC, Emerald City. They knew that governments were doing mind control projects, they knew that there are small groups of aristocrats that are even, that are controlling the politicians themselves. They understood that Biden is possibly a clone, but also at least, the very least, a Manchurian candidate. He's a puppet, okay? People understand that they're puppet masters, right? We know this, okay? You guys know this, all right? But we also know now that we're being equipped to do something about it. That in the heavenly realms, when we pray, when we connect with Jesus, when we um connect with love, the love of the Father, in the throne room, in a quiet place, right, we can allow our words to penetrate physical spaces, quantumly change circumstances around us, and provide benchwork and framework. For the angelic to start to move into if you notice in the scripture the angels move into what the people are doing as a response to the lord they go and hearken to the mandate of the lord they only will do what the lord is showing them to do that means that they show up when people need to be saved they show up when elijah is saying hey we need some fire here right They show up when Moses is like faithfully at the edge of the sea and he's saying, okay, God, you told me to be here, right? I got the staff, what next, right? Until we spiritually get free at the heart level and disentangled, throw away the passports to everything that has held any promise to us, right? We get free at the heart level. We cannot conceive of even being used by God or acquainted with the level of warfare we've been called to operate in, right? So, um, even deliverance itself, that is child's play, okay? I've seen some crazy things, you know. Even last night I was sleeping and I felt myself coming out of the bed. Now, I don't know what the heck's going on. You know, if I'm not here in three days, then maybe somebody took me, okay? Just saying, all right? There are things that are happening in our natural, supernatural, quantum spaces that people are, things are happening to people, I'll just say that, right? And it's like, it's unexplainable, all right? I can explain it. I think a lot of people are being tampered with, right? But for those people, they don't know what the heck's going on. But I'm sitting in bed, and I feel like I'm coming up out of the bed. You know, that, I was like, I jumped out of it. And I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on, you know. But I've had other moments where I went into the cosmos. You know, I saw the earth from a different point of view. I saw angels, you know, around the earth. I saw angels around me. I heard the Lord speaking to me on certain things that were happening in the stars, you know, there's energy that's coming from the stars. Um, there's energy coming from celestial bodies, right? The occult knows this and they tap into it and they put themselves under creation. How much more powerful can a company people be that have been given stewardship of creation, right? The people of God partnering with His angels, the people of God partnering with the Holy Spirit to bring restoration to all of creation, right? If we disengage with the lies, right, then we start to see a need to be armed and ready, right? We can conceive of why Jesus says to be watchful and keep the lamps burning, right? Because we're less enamored with the show that's on CNN and Fox News I'm so glad you guys were able to tune in I want to pray um, for a new anointing for you brothers and sisters whoever listens to this now or in the future um, it's my understanding that when something's put out if the frequency is coming from a place of love it'll have life so it's my hope that even now as I pray for you guys um, I pray into what God is already doing and what he's already done alright he created you in your mother's womb he created you for a purpose and a plan your name is in a scroll book your name is in the book of life okay the words in the scripture that we read are living words written with living letters the words that are in the book of life are living words so we're living them out these are the words of god that have been spoken over your very essence When you get a word and you confirm it, it feels so right because God has already spoken that over you. You might not have caught it. You might not have heard it in a dream or a vision, but it's already been there. Because he is the Alpha and Omega. He's outside of time. And he's already brought these things to come to pass in your life. The hardships, the diseases, the infirmity, Scarcity, it's all under his feet. It's our job to acknowledge what's already happened. That's the beauty of Christ. It's not so much that he's going to give us power to overcome, we're actually going to understand the power that's already been given. All right, so Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a fresh wind to blow through the homes of my brothers and sisters. I pray that your presence would settle in on us, that we would acknowledge that you're already with us, that you've always been for us, and that the plan is already in motion. I want to pray that our hearts and our minds would be geared to be aligned with the fresh move of God that's coming. That, Lord, our seasons would align with your seasons. That our time would align with your time. Our calendars, our rhythms. That, God, if there's things in our life we can put down for a season, then we can put it down for a season. Lord, if you're calling us out of Egypt in any sort of way, Lord, I pray that even now we see a passport in our mind and there'd be a writing on it. That, Lord, um, we don't have to perform anymore. We don't have to be just good enough or better than. We don't have to look the part. We don't have to play into the system that's been writing all the rules and changing the rules. God, I pray for divine intervention for us in the name of Jesus. I pray that God, if there's job changes needed, that God, a new job pops up. That God, if there's finances needed, checks come in the mail, bank accounts get a draft, electronically. Lord, the stock takes an uptick in things that we have been hoping and waiting for, Lord. God, I pray that we would notice the angelic movement in our homes. Lord, I pray that if we have allowed things to linger in our homes, we would cast out, rebuke, and cleanse our spaces in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would Hearken to the voice of the Lord, to love the ones that are around us, so that the world may know that we are Christians. Lord, I pray that our tongues and our lips would be like honey. Lord, I pray that our hearts would break for the things that your heart breaks for. Lord, deliver us from the systems of the earth, which are entangling us, keeping us away from your destiny. I want to pray for freedom in the name of Jesus, for any brothers and sisters who have been caught up in any trafficking, any sort of beast system, which is enslaving our mind body. And so I pray for freedom in the name of Jesus over any of those who have been in mind control. Anyone hear my voice, be free and unlocked and unloosed in the name of Jesus. The Lord breaks your fetters. The Lord unbinds those chains in the name of Jesus. Lord, if there are people that are suffering from not being able to see destiny, or understand hope, or hear a word from the Lord, Lord, I pray that you would supernaturally unclog the ears, unclog, Lord. Take away the lies, take off the blinders, remove the filters and the filth, Lord. And I pray that new life would come into place now. I pray for favor in the name of Jesus. I pray for encounters in the name of Jesus, visions dreams in the name of Jesus and Holy Spirit most importantly I pray that we would know the love of the Father I pray that we would understand that we're sons and daughters that are loved not for what we do or accomplish but because you created us and you first loved us before we even knew the sound of your voice I pray that the love of the Father would break down any walls. That, Lord, if we've had bad examples of fatherhood, that, Lord, you'd rewrite the story now in the name of Jesus. You never abandon us. You're never aloof. God, you are right here, right now. You're a right here, right now type of God you yeah, right here, right now, type of father. So we call you Father God, Abba. We call on your name. Well, I pray that you put light in our eyes. Flames of fire on our head. I want to pray the blood of Jesus over everything we steward, our bank accounts, our cars, our homes. That God, you protect it all. Lord, I pray that you protect our relationships. And that God, if there are lost relationships, you bring them back tenfold. If there are people in our lives that need restoration, I pray healing, freedom in the name of Jesus, strongholds. Broken, cast away in the name of Jesus. Prodigals coming back to the homes in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, meet us now where we're at. In the quiet place. That God we might know you that God, we might see you face to face, that God, we might sense you. The psalmist writes, we can be walking to the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. With thy rod and thy staff, they comfort us, Lord. Lord, you you prepare tables before us in the presence of our enemies. Oh, it streams of life. Green pastures, Lord. Over this company of people, Lord. Over this ecclesia. Establish us. Authorize us, Lord. I pray that mandates, purposes, and plans would be made known to the body of Christ even now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Yeshua. I'm a on Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in and hanging out. Hoping that that was a blessing. If there's anything in there that you can take from it and run with it. Amen. 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 You guys be blessed. I'll see you guys. I'm gonna be posting more. Um, I just, you know, today I wasn't even sure if I was gonna do one. I've been. There's been a word that I've been sitting on. God bless you too, Eileen. God bless you too. What country are you from? This is cool, man. I'm glad to be able to bless some people, man it's 11 o'clock wow kenya blessings to kenya freedom over kenya in the name of jesus revival in kenya in the name of jesus systems of poverty broken in the name of jesus pray for financial freedom for kenya financial freedom from the government's Anything that's oppressing people there in Kenya, I pray for new technologies to come in Kenya that would set the people free. That resource would be provided that cannot be controlled by man. I pray for divine resource and creativity over the people in in Kenya. A ride, light north. Amen. 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 Alright, I'm I'm definitely gonna be back on, not this week, it's my birthday, I don't even know how old I am, I'm turning something in a couple days, but I'll be back, I'll be back very shortly, I'm not gonna take as long of a break as I did last time, I just feel the Lord, He's uh, doing something new, it's kinda had a lot going on last month, my wife and I, we, we do a lot, and um... It's a mom and pop type of business and we do have some employees but um you know when the rubber meets meets the road uh you know we gotta we gotta come in and, and do our thing. So it's fun, it's awesome. Uh, the Lord blesses it. I know it for sure. Um it's my tent making, you know, so I understand that's what the Lord wants, you know, but I love doing this, I love blessing people, I love Um, the opportunity to share what the Lord puts in my heart, amen, light north, and um, I just love the opportunity to, to do what the Lord calls me to do, he says, put the word out, and there's lots of people that are putting good words out, it's just increasing the frequency of truth,